get ready to unleash your inner weirdo and embrace the idea of flying your freak flag. On this episode, we're going to dive into questioning conventional business advice and balancing automation with personal connection so that you can start creating content that feels like an extension of, well, you. Welcome to Big Fun Content, the show that helps you stand out from everyone else in your industry by building a brand you love and creating content that's impossible to ignore. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, a graphic designer who creates high-energy visuals and short-form videos for some of the sassiest, boldest, most rebellious online businesses out there. Are you ready to up the fun in your content? Let's get started. Okay, what's your job? Me? I'm a graphic designer. Are you a coach? A coach? A culty coach. (laughs) Are you a coach, consultant, copywriter, SEO expert? Like for real, take a second to just define that in your head. Don't overthink it. It's not an elevator pitch, just your basic title. Okay. Think about that for a second. Got it? Okay, cool. Now that we've cleared that up, how many other people do you think also claim that same title? It's a lot, right? Like who knows? But the point is, you're like, oh, snap, like lots of other people. <laughs> we don't need an official number. Just lots will do. Am I trying to bum you out by bringing this up? No. Am I trying to let you know that your market is too saturated and you should quit immediately? Definitely not. <laughs> so I'm just trying to remind you that you are the one thing that will set you apart from all those other people with that same title. Okay. It might not be the only thing that will set you apart, but um, it's a big one. And it's honestly, I think, kind of the easiest one. So I would love for you to start leaning into who you are as a person to drive your content. So we're going to start telling your stories. Don't be afraid to show up as yourself and create content that really just feels like an extension of you. I know technically this isn't the F that podcast anymore, but saying F that to all the ideas around how I'm supposed to show up in my business was truly the turning point for my business. So I just wanted to record a little episode about that. And I don't really like talking about money. As you know, it's probably my money mindset issues. Just kidding. But just in case you're super worried that showing up as yourself won't help you grow your business or will make you feel like, I don't know, I don't know, it might be good for you, but I don't know if it's good for me. I want to assure you that I am meeting my sales goal every month in my business. And when I met with my accountant, she was super impressed with me and my profit and loss statement. I'm like, is that what it's called? I don't know. In QuickBooks. I've been doing a good job this year on QuickBooks, just saying. And so when I met with her, she was impressed with me and my business and how young it is and how well it's doing. And she was the one who was like, yes, you can absolutely hire a virtual assistant. Like hire one girl, get it. So this was a real world accountant locally in Richmond that I met with in person, not someone in the online business space who I feel like we all know is sort of a weird little subset of the real business world where those people might be like, oh yeah, you're fine. Keep spending, spending, spending. Like online business world likes to talk about spending a lot. Um, So I feel like if it's a real world accountant in my mind, that was like a big compliment to me that she was like, wow, good job. Okay. Yeah. Get some help. Keep going. You're nailing it. And this all happened because I stopped being professional or doing what I was supposed to do or whatever. Here's the thing. On my website, I have a weird little can't hardly wait gif. 
about templates. Like, oh, baby, please, you are fine, far too fine to use those templates or something like that. I'm misquoting myself and Kenny from Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, I have a Janet Jackson reference on my website where on my about page, I say like, hi, I'm Dee Dee, Miss Seymour, if you're nasty. So I started a podcast called F That and I say what other people are afraid to say. I recently sent an email to my list about my son sticking a bead up his nose. And I got so many replies, probably one of my most replied to emails. I am making the amount of money that I want to. And I have a plan for how to grow my business sustainably. And I'm showing up as myself and having a lot of fun doing it. So I'm not saying all that to brag. And oh my gosh, I hope I'm not jinxing myself. But I really want you to know that you can be yourself and still make money. It's not like one or the other. It's not like, oh, you're going to be like a wacky punk and then you're going to also be poor. However, I will say that it is not my goal. I'm saying that I'm meeting my money goals. My money goals are not to make half a million, a million, not even 300,000. That's not my goal. You know what I mean? Like, I want some money though. Like, I need to plan for retirement. I need to pay some stuff. Matt drives a car right now from 2006 that we got off Facebook. So, I mean, like, Matt needs a new car. Like, we need money. Seymour's need money. I'm not afraid of some big goals, but I also don't need these like pipe, pipe dream drinking pina coladas on the beach, like not working goals. Okay. So I'm making my goals. I have a plan for increasing those goals and continuing to build my business. So while I'm still able to do what I want in my life without working all the time and without what I would consider taking advantage of customers or clients or whatever, I'm figuring it out and everybody can figure it out on their own pace. You want to know someone I absolutely love in the online space who shows up as themselves? Liz Wilcox. Y'all already know I love Liz Wilcox, right? Do you know why I adore her? Because she's also a little weirdo, just like me. And her 90s vibes and her Lisa Simpson sweatshirts and her fresh princess of email and her honesty and her genuine spirit. She's not showing up how she's supposed to or quote unquote professionally. And a lot of people are here for it, right? If she showed up not that way, I don't know that I would have been drawn so immediately to her and connected with her so much because I just would be like, oh, she's like an email marketing person. When she's like speaking my language and wearing Lisa Simpson sweatshirt from my childhood, then I'm like, oh, who is this? Who's this? I don't even really like NSYNC. Sorry, Liz Wilcox. I don't love NSYNC. I mean, I did have that one album where they were like the puppets. I think I'm a little older than Liz Wilcox. My point is, I don't not like NSYNC and I love her love of NSYNC. Like it's fun to watch her love NSYNC. So I'm into it. And when Chris Kirkpatrick was on Big Brother Celebrity, I love Big Brother. Liz Wilcox loved Chris Kirkpatrick. And we were up in each other's DMs talking about Big Brother because she was watching because her NSYNC boy was on there. You know what I mean? So like we connected, we connected over in sync. It doesn't even have anything to do with email. But when I think of email marketing, I think of Liz Wilcox first because she is my people. She is funny to me. Now, if that's not your vibe and you like hate in sync and you hate fun and you hate Lisa Simpson, just kidding. <laughs> but if that doesn't speak to you, but you have seen somebody else doing email marketing who like is super sleek and awesome and you just like how they show up in the world, then that is probably who you're going to think of first when you think of email marketing. So especially if 
that person is consistent in whatever they're showing. Like Liz Wilcox is always her little freaky self and I'm here for it. Some people are not, but a lot of people are just saying, if you're on Liz Wilcox's email, she has sent some emails before with her numbers about her membership and some of her launches and stuff like that. And homegirl is making money, right? And still showing up as her own beautiful little weirdo self. I like that about her. And I was going to say you should too. <laughs> you don't have to. That's the whole point. You don't have to, but you should. Just saying. Just kidding. Ah. Here's the thing. I just wanted to remind you, and I think I'm doing it, <laughs> that if you're thinking, okay, Deanna, I hear you. You're saying I don't have to show professionally, but I want to make that money. I just want you to know that I want that money too. Liz Wilcox wants that money too. Like we all have businesses because we want that money, right? That's a DAT. We want that money. So that's why we're all in business. So we want it. But I'm telling you that the more you can show up as yourself, the more the people will connect with you as a human. And then they will want to hire you because they like you when they're ready for your services. Right now, even if someone is not ready to hire me as a graphic designer, but they like me and they think I'm funny and they enjoy being around me and they enjoy being in networking groups with me or they enjoy opening and reading my emails, when they're ready for graphic design, I'm going to be at the top of their list because they like me. Isn't that part of the no like trust factor, <laughs> which is like a little shady sometimes I think, but you know, we want to work with people we like. So it makes sense to do that. So another part of you being what sets you apart is how you treat people. So that's what I want to get into with this whole no like and trust thing, because I feel like people talk about no like and trust, like it's this sort of thing you do. And that's what makes it weird to me is like, you gotta let people know you and then you gotta make them like you and then you gotta make them trust you so you can hit them with the sale. Like it just feels a little weird sometimes. But the liking part is for me, do people like you? Like as a human, not as a service provider or whatever. But when you meet people at networking events or you have coffee chats or you do a podcast interview, how you treat your clients, how you treat the people that you hire instead of worrying so much about how to look professional online or on social platforms or in your content, it's also important and I think easy to just be an amazing human for everyone that interacts with you. So that is also part of the you that sets your brand apart. And if you're too worried when you go into a networking event about showing up professionally and nailing your elevator pitch and like <clears throat> appearing to be this professional facade of a person, brand, archetype, whatever you want to call it, they can't penetrate, like they can't penetrate that. They can't get to know you penetrate. Gross. <laughs> they can't get to know you as a person because you're not acting like a person. You're acting like a brand. And this is especially important for people who are their business, like our service providers, coaches, consultants who interact with their clients. If you have a product-based business, Honestly, this podcast and me, I talk way more about service-based businesses. So get out. Just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to leave. But I'm just saying there are some truths to brand architect, like the branding stuff for that. But for me, I'm talking about you. If you are your business, you are what's going to need to set you apart. Okay. I have a little story to tell you, but first I want to take a quick break. So let's do that. Did you know I have a community opening up next month? Yeah. 
It's called Content Playhouse and doors open on October 1st, but you can sneak in early on September 11th for an all-day co-working extravaganza. Okay, maybe it's not an extravaganza, but it is all day from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern, and it's totally free. The idea is that you can plan out your content for all of Q3 in one day. Wouldn't that feel amazing? And you can get to work making it too. So if you want to come hang, head over to contentplayhouse.com to learn more and sign up. See you there. Okay, we're back for a little story time with Dee Dee. One time I was on a podcast and I felt like it went really well. <clears throat> and then a few hours later, the, and after the interview, I got an email from the host and the subject line was something like, oh my gosh, that was awesome or something. And I was like, yeah, like thinking, oh my gosh, yay. They thought it was awesome too. And then I clicked and I opened it. And as I was reading, I realized it was just part of an automated system that every guest got that email. Anybody who had been interviewed on that podcast was getting that same interview. So I guess everyone's interview was awesome, which, you know, okay, fine, whatever. But I felt a couple things. <laughs> Number one, I felt sort of silly for falling for it and thinking I was special, like almost like shame, embarrassment. I don't know, like nobody knew I did that. Well, now you do because I just told you, but you have that feeling of like, oh, meh, meh, never mind. Then I started kind of feeling mad and like tricked. And also wondering what they actually thought about the interview. I started feeling like, well, that sucks. I wonder what they actually thought. I would almost prefer like no email, <laughs> to be honest, than like a fake, like, oh my God, that was awesome. Everybody's getting the same email. Everybody's awesome. So I want to talk about how that could be you. And I know you could write that email and really infuse it with your own personality. And it could really sound like you, but it's not you, right? It's an automation. So if you're pushing your clients through an automated system because it looks professional, like you really want them to get all the stuff and it's going to look professional. I get it. It saves time and it's easier for you. But could you possibly engage with them a little more and build a solid relationship? I feel guilty sometimes that I don't have great quote unquote systems, but I know what to do. I just do it my, myself, but I don't have a ton of clients. So there's a balance there too. Obviously, I wouldn't like if someone just signs up for a $9 course, they're not getting a personalized email every time. But if someone is signing up for a custom project with me and spending thousands of dollars with me, I think I could take an extra like two minutes to write them why I'm excited about their project or whatever. An actual email from that podcast host would have really made our relationship feel real. And it wouldn't have had to be a long one at all, right? Just a couple sentences. Wow. Thanks so much for being on my podcast. That story you told about blah, 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 cracked me up. I'll be in touch soon with a release date and some graphics. Bingo, bango, slice of mango, right? They don't include that. That's me saying it was easy. <laughs> That's the Seymour household. Bingo, bango, slice of mango. That means easy peasy. I get it. Setting up automations can save you time and look pretty sleek on the surface, right? Great graphics. Everything's linked. Everything looks awesome. But... Back to the point, you are your differentiator. So you are the things that are going to make people want to work with you or refer you or tell other people like, oh, you should be on her podcast. She's super awesome because they feel like you know them. Even though it seems like automation saves you a bunch of time, if you're not nurturing the relationships that you're making when you record your podcast or you do your discovery calls or whatever, like it's really not saving you time. Because for me, and honestly... As I'm recording this, I'm like, dang, I probably could be better at sending people follow-up emails after 
the podcasts. And maybe when I finish recording this, I'm going to go back and email some of the people. But I just think sending a real note and like solidifying those relationships is what's going to get you asked on their podcast. You're going to become friends. And I don't mean friends in a weird way where like you're trying to get something from somebody. And if you don't feel it and you don't really want to be friends with that person, then I, I wouldn't do it just for like networking sake. But me personally, I like people. And so if I'm going to take the time to interview someone on my podcast, like I think of them as a friend now. And so I would never send an automated email to my friends in real life. Would you do that? Would you set that up for your friends to be like, well, this is really going to save me time. I don't know. I'm going to set up some play dates for my kids. And then when they reply back, I'm going to send them this automated like, yeah, you can't wait to hang out with you and have a play date. Like we're having a barbecue. And then when they respond, you're like, the 4th of July is going to be lit. We can't wait to see you. Don't forget your covered dish. You're not going to automate that. So is there a way for you to unautomate some of the stuff in your business so that you can infuse more of you? Okay. And I know that's not technically content, but it is content. It's part of making content. And so if you're working with other people when you're making your content, it's important to treat them like humans, right? Maybe. Okay. So how can you start showing up as you more in your content? Number one, I think you should write like you talk. When I'm writing, I have to go back often and change a you to a ya. See ya. See ya there instead of see you there. Like see ya is more like how I would talk in real life. And I have to turn things into contractions a lot. Like instead of have not, I would say I haven't. But for some reason, when I sit at a keyboard, it's really easy for me to slip back into being back in English class and writing a proper paper. So you want your content to read like you're talking to a friend if you want to connect to people on a friendly level. So that's my number one tip. Number two, make the references and jokes that you want to make without being nervous that people won't get it. Some people are not going to get it and that is okay. Some people will and they will love you for it. So I once did a gift sale and when it sold out, I told Thrivecart to redirect them to a page that I made on my show website and it had a gif of Ramona Singer, who is a famous real housewife of New York, and she was sobbing on a bed. Okay, so they're going to buy a gift, but it's sold out. So it redirects them to this page. There's a woman that they might not know is Ramona Singer sobbing on a bed. And underneath I wrote, and I went back to the sales page to check this for this episode. I wrote, oh man, the gift shop sold out. Now you're crying like Ramona when she and Jill couldn't work it out in Morocco. Don't worry, you can get on the wait list. So you're the first to know about the next round. Okay. Did everyone who came to that page know what I was talking about? Definitely not. (laughs) But they did get the sentiment, right? They just needed to know that it was sold out. It's sort of funny to act like they're crying about it, whether they know who Ramona is or not. Like they get it. And they, it also says like join the wait list. So really the page could have just been like, it's sold out. Here's the wait list to do more. So it didn't really even need that gift, but it was just something funny that I wanted to put on there. And one person actually emailed me and said that they Googled it and they thought it was hilarious. So if they don't get it, number one, it's Google. They can go find out. <clears throat> if they don't get it, they're not going to be mad about it. They're just going to shrug their shoulders and join the wait list if they need to. Like the whole point is just that it's sold out. So they're just going to be like, well, I don't know what she's talking about. They just won't get it. But the people who do get it are going to fall in love with you. And that connection is going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. Jill and Ramona in Morocco. So funny. So I kind of mentioned these before. About My about page says, yo, I'm Dee Dee. Miss Seymour if you're nasty. So that's how nasty by Janet Jackson. 
I don't know. Do you remember it? I feel like my target audience is around my age, give or take. I'm 42. So that's what I was saying. I feel like maybe I missed the sync boat, but like Jan Jackson, um, you know, maybe they know what I'm talking about. Maybe they don't, but they're also just like, what? Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. They're just going to keep reading my about page. So they're going to like it if they know it, skip it if they don't. So, you know, if they were also making up dance routines with their sister at their great aunt Louise's house in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, then they are going to be my new best friend. And if not, they're just going to keep going. So don't be afraid to make the reference or the joke. Also, don't make so much dang content. It's hard making good quality, totally you content. If you're like, I'm going to post every single day. That's hard to do. I see people showing tutorials on how to make 25 quote graphics on Canva in like two seconds by uploading the quotes on a spreadsheet and then pushing a button and then it plugs it into something on Canva and then they all look the same, but there's like 25 of them, but they all say different stuff, but the graphic is the same. And the people in the video are like, oh my God, isn't this amazing? Here's the Canva hack you didn't know you needed, blah, blah, blah. And then I just think about what Tara McMullen said a couple weeks ago on this podcast. And I'm like, it's boring. Who wants to look at the same 25 graphics with a different quote? Do you? I feel like you don't. I don't think you do. I don't. Your audience doesn't want to either. So just make less content, but make it better. And I'm not mad if you make a quote. I'm just saying don't make 25 quotes that all look the same, but just have different words. Yeah. Okay, number four, make content you'd like to consume. This kind of goes into the quotes. If you're just phoning it in to get it done, you probably don't really like it either. Make content that you're proud of, that you think says something about you, something important, something that explains something about your business in a cool new way, or is funny, or just makes you smile. Like, let it take too long to make the content, but then just make less of it. You know, sometimes we're just in such a hurry to make so much content that maybe like creating this really cool drawing or doodle or pie chart or something is really going to like drive home what you're trying to talk about, but you feel like eh, it's going to take too long and I have to make 29 other posts this month. What if you only have to make four posts that month, but they're really, really good. So think about that. Make content that you would like to see. What's that quote? Be the change you want to see in the world. So make the content you want to see in the world, right? <laughs> okay. So I really promise you that just letting go of all the shoulds and the crap you think you need to be doing and just showing up as someone talking to a friend is going to change the content game for you a thousand percent. Do less, but do it better and be a human. And by human, I don't mean just any human. I mean, be you the human. I'm getting off track here. I'm like Shaun of the Dead when he's like, there's no I in team, but there is an I in pie and meat pie and Shaun of the Dead. Any Shaun of the Dead fans? No? Oh my gosh. If you have any questions or want to brainstorm something about today's episode, hit me up over on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you human to human, friend to friend, heart to heart, a couple of silver spoons. Just kidding. I'm getting crazy with the 80s references now. Okay. See you next week. Oh yeah, before you go, something fun is happening right now. The F That Storytelling series is happening. It's an all audio free series that's sort of like an online summit, but not really. It's a collection of stories from entrepreneurs about a time in their online business when they said F that and did things differently. 
there's no slideshows, no workbooks, no overwhelm. Just eight awesome online business owners sharing about how and when they decided to break the rules in their business. Who knows what it can inspire in you? Go to fthatseries.com to sign up to listen. Thanks for listening to Big Fun Content. If you like what you heard today, think about pushing that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review so more people could find me. Wink, wink. And last but not least, if you want to remain in my world and get some really fun emails in your inbox, head over to deannaseymour.com newsletter to join my email list. See you next time.